0: What oh, is Matt Mosley, and uh, boy, happy to be joined, J.D. Piquel, you know him, you remember him, he played at Baylor, he was on locally, doing good stuff now on three sports, you see him, and uh, J.D., great to have you, I mean, my gosh, you, just a moment ago, you had to jump on and react to the latest news, a Miami quarterback uh, from Miami, Florida, is transferring, Van Dyke and uh wisconsin i mean these days you kind of have to know something about like every team in the country um man congrats you're doing great and i'm loving all your all your youtube and and you're all over the you're all over the place uh welcome back to the show sir
1: Hey Matt, I appreciate it, man. That's really kind words that obviously mean a lot coming from someone like yourself of your stature and what you've done in this profession. And yeah, for me, right, I gotta talk about college football for a living and, and study, you know, the greatest sport on earth. So it's a tough, real tough gig. But uh, but no, glad glad to do it. Glad to be on with you, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, that studio looks nice. Now, do you have? Is that? Or do you are you there next to like where on Three Sports is headquarters? Have you just outfitted your? You're home with that. I mean, that's a that's a very professional-looking uh, situation. <laughs> I've been known just to go straight Zoom, and you can kind of see into my home office. You can see Arnold Palmer in the background, the Masters, Augusta National, but that's a very uh, professional-looking situation. Where are you doing all those from?
1: Well, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Doing it at our uh, at our studio up here in Nashville, Tennessee, which is phenomenal. Uh, no, no home setup in the uh, the two bedroom apartment at this point in time, but uh, <laughs> maybe that'll be something we do in the future. Actually, moving to offices here in the next uh, next few months, so we'll uh, have some new digs here. It would seem sooner rather than later. But no, I, I appreciate it, man. We have a great team. It is a phenomenal job, and uh, great to work with great people. So no, no, no complaints over here, man. Better than uh huh.
0: And you never can just say to them, "Well, I don't really have an opinion on this." I had to learn that, you know, at ESPN. <laughs> it's like you can't just wake up one day and go, "I don't really, I don't really care about this." I mean, you know, all these big name quarterbacks. Uh, by the way, Baylor just hired. I don't know if you saw that news and um, offensive line coach um, from Michigan State, Chris Kapilovich. Uh, he was the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Michigan State the past four years, and he's expected to become Baylor's new O-line coach. I think I saw this from Bruce Feldman. By now on three, you guys are good at kind of organizing that and getting some things out there. Um, What are you thinking now that you're seeing some of these Baylor hires? Keenan Hall hopefully will help them get back into Dallas in a big way. Uh, Southern Dallas County, he, he played at South Oak Cliff. I mean that would be incredible, and then Spavital as the OC. What are you What are you thinking about Baylor on the offensive side of the ball? Those those
1: hires. You know, Matt, it's kind of a it's kind of a cop out. But to be honest with you, uh, we're now going on what our, our our third new staff under Aranda. Is that right? Are we are we on the, the third go around here? So I think for me, I'm kind of like I love all of the things that I'm hearing about offensive philosophy and going to be a little bit more modern and up tempo and things like that. I'm here for all that. I think that's great. But I think when you look across the college football landscape, and this is, again, going back to the most cliche answer, cliche answers, like it really is the Jimmys and the Joes. And so I think the big question I have, and it sounds like Aranda's addressed this a fair amount, but like what efforts are going to be made in the roster building side of things when it comes to talent acquisition? Is there going to be an NIL effort from the good folks in Waco around Baylor to be able to put them in a in a spot where you know they have been before, and I would imagine expect to be in the future, which is competing for, for conference titles. So um, all that to say, I think it's it's encouraging at this point in time as much as it can be when it comes to staff acquisitions and the way that's all trending. But uh, when we get through spring football, what we look like after the portal and things like that—that's really where I think I'll uh, I'll have a more more firm mm-hmm. opinion because that's going to be as we saw this past season that the differentiating factor for Baylor being able to win the line of scrimmage and have the playmakers for whoever's playing quarterback for them in the long run. So uh, I'm excited to see what the portal does for the good folks at Baylor.
0: All right. And Toledo transfer quarterback Daquan Finn will visit Baylor later this week. A source has told your group on three sports. I think this is uh, Pete. Pete. How do you say Pete's last name? Uh, Portal Pete. He's the man right now.
1: Portal Pete. I'm glad to see him. uh, Him running with all the portal stuff. He's crushing it. Yes, sir. Yeah, Pete Nakos, to answer your question there.
0: Yeah. So Pete just sends you, like, I bet you get the alert right as he's about to put it out there, and then you can decide, do I want to get in the studio and and sound off on this? And I would encourage you to go back to your roots, and any sort of incremental Baylor news, I think you should get in that studio and put out a, a YouTube piece, all right? Just kind of go. Absolutely. Time <laughs> no deal. Time no deal. But the. This is DeQuan uh, Finn, 88 career touchdowns at Toledo. It's all—it's never easy those MAC quarterbacks to know exactly. What have you seen when it comes to that? You know, like the MAC, then even some of those quarterbacks that Holy Cross quarterback was getting some attention. How do you kind of evaluate? Sure. Because still, 88 touchdowns is 88 touchdowns. No matter who you're playing, you're you're putting up great numbers. But again, it's it's always a little bit difficult to project um exactly what that's going to look like in a, in a power five uh program what have you heard anything about finn and then what do you kind of think baylor will end up doing quarterback wise does this does this check the boxes uh this particular quarterback
1: you know I, th- I think it does i think it does and there was a lot of smoke around finn in, in miami at one point in time or at least there was a lot of buzz around him potentially being a fit there it sounded like they're going after Cam Ward and Will Howard as well, so we'll see how how the Canes fare in that department. But uh, when it comes to guys that are of that G five category, and you know guys that maybe didn't get the looks they wanted out of high school, but have done well, at, you know at, at you know the, the Maxion level or Mountain West Conference, we just saw Taylor Green commit to Arkansas yesterday. Um, I, I think that's kind of what the transfer portal um, maybe not was built for, but the the way it can really benefit some of those guys that were at the Mountain West or, or the Mac or whatever it may be. Um, you know, if you put the solid resume on tape and you feel like you have done what you want to do at your level of play and you want to go see if you have a, an interest from a power five or I guess power four conference kind of school at this point, like this is your opportunity to do it. And so I think the big thing that I'm looking at, especially with a lot of these guys transferring from that level is, you know what, okay, what system were they in previously? does their new spot allow them to be successful? Is it the right fit schematically? Like I was talking to uh, Andy Staples on our portal show when the portal opened up on December 4th. Um, Fit is such a big thing for quarterbacks. And when we saw that for Tyler Van Dyke, who's obviously not from the G5 level, but the way that he struggled for years at Miami after having a a tremendous 2021, it was his coordinator switched every single year. And so Tyler Van Dyke not only isn't able to, you know, build off of what he did from the year before but also he's having to you know learn a a whole new playbook he's he's getting away from what his skill set was the year before every, every single year so um i guess to sum it all up here matt fit is so crucial and especially with these g5 guys being able to kind of um help them with that learning curve going into a system where they would they would be successful so we'll see what that is with uh it's thin if he does end up going to Baylor and what that looks like. But I think that's something to really watch for with a lot of these portal guys. That's why I love Van Dyke to Wisconsin.
0: Did, did Dave Aranda returning shock you? I mean, I the, the way this thing was headed, I thought his time was coming to an end. Kind of a gutsy move by Mac because the fan base had moved on and was ready and desperate for change. And he stuck with Aranda, and of course, I hope it works. I, I thought his time probably uh, it was maybe time to move on. Where where were you in all of that, and um, and how much of a surprise was that to you after seeing the team go one and seven at home and three and nine, and and quite honestly, not be very competitive.
1: No, without question. You know, Matt, it's, it's funny whenever I think about the the coaching carousel, and we're talking about hot seats. Like I consistently find myself on the glass half full side of things. It probably isn't the best spot to find yourself. You know, when, uh, when, when there's writing on the wall, it might be time to move in another direction. And so I think the the overall thought I have around Dave Aranda is, is twofold. The first is we're not that far removed. If we're, we're Baylor from winning a big 12 title, if, if he's able to recruit and we'll see, I mean, that's the, that's the big question. We haven't really seen a ton of exciting things around, you know, that department for Baylor, which is a concern he's able to recruit a little bit and have some good faith there. Okay. Let's stick with it. But when it comes to what Baylor was, you know, the year before and his first year in the COVID season, it's very clear that he's able to put together a good game plan. People talk about the football mind that he is again, my reservations around the roster building side. So that's the first side of things. Uh, not that far removed from a big 12 title feels like there should be some good faith baked into that. Um, the second part of this though, is like, Hey, if, if we get to game four, and I, I am just completely you know, speculating here. If we get to game four, and let's say Baylor, worst-case scenario, uh, they're one in three, and, and there's a move made, hey, let's fire Dave Aranda. At that point, I'm like, well, then what was the point to even keep him around for another season if you're going to have that short of a leash and just cut him loose after the first month? You know, I, I think at that point, you're mm-hmm. like, well, then you just fired him way too late. So my hope here would be if you're going to be in on Dave Aranda, be all in for the 2024 experience, the ups, the downs, like let's, let's ride this thing out. Now let's figure out exactly, you know, how much investment we want to have here. Cause it seems again, that there seems to be a tremendous amount of faith with him internally to go now with the whole new staff yet again. Um, But for me, my reaction was like, okay, good. Not that far removed from the big 12 title. Probably deserves a little bit of a doubt there. And, um, and this is another thing like the big 12 is changing pretty drastically this next season. A lot of new teams coming in Two very talented rosters leaving, um if there's gonna be a year to, to make a move, if you're Baylor like this, this could be the year to kind of find yourself back into that upper tier. So that was my initial view yeah. on it. I was I was happy to see him get another year, but uh, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see.
0: JD Pakel joining the Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas, on three sports. Isn't it funny how Matt Rule can have a disappointing season and yet he's so great? At like talking right and doing all his motivational talks and off season. I mean, he, he, those Nebraska fans by now are like have almost forgotten that they went five and seven. I mean, he did some of that at <laughs> Baylor. I mean, it's hard to do that after a one eleven season, but he's just got that ability. And then you were talking about that they might land this big time quarterback um, Rayola, I believe is his name. I mean, what yep, what's going yep. on there? A five—I mean, this is a five-star quarterback. I, I feel like I've been hearing this name for years, and maybe it's just because everybody's known about him and he's been on everybody's radar for a long time. Why Nebraska, and and why? Why do you think Rule is? I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that he resonates with people, but it is kind of wild how he can almost create a sense of momentum, even coming off a disappointing season.
1: Yeah, without question. I mean, I tweeted it out last night. If I'm a recruit and I just get to get a chance to watch one of those pregame speeches from the locker room that Matt Rule delivered, you know, regardless of the results of the game, like I'm, I'm, I'm at least thinking about Nebraska in a different way if I'm a recruit. Those are like uh, some visual smelling salts. i was ready to run through a brick wall. Oh, but no, when it comes to Dylan Raiola, like you said, ton of smoke right now around him. Potentially, maybe making a flip from from Georgia to Nebraska. Um, one reason why you may have heard his name outside of him being enormously talented. Um, he has committed a couple of times, was committed to Ohio state originally. Mm. He committed one to reevaluate committed to Georgia. And now again, we'll, we'll see if this happens, but there's a ton of smoke. Um, our own Chad Simmons confirming reports that Nebraska's pushing hard. And then you have other experts across the industry putting in, uh, predictions for him to actually make the flip to, to Nebraska. So, um, the big thing that I think is, uh, is the draw for a guy like Dylan Raiola. His uncle is actually the offensive line coach at Nebraska, so there's kind of that family tie there. Uh. His dad played in the NFL. His dad also played at Nebraska, so there's that that family tie. And also you have to think like there's probably a pretty strong desire to to be able to be the guy that that brings Nebraska back. And, I mean, if you're the guy at Georgia and you win a national title, like what do they give you? A parade, probably a nice little NIL increase. You'll probably get a standing ovation when you come back to campus. Uh, if you're the guy that just wins, period, at Nebraska, after the drought they've had with bowl games and you know lack of being where they expect to be as a brand, like they get you a statue. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's a, it's an ego thing, but I do think there's probably some excitement around the opportunity to go back where you have family and kind of have a little more purpose and bring in a school like Nebraska. Back to back to some prominence, so a, a lot goes into it. But from what I can mm-hmm. understand, I think Nebraska feels really good about where they where they stand to maybe flip Raiola uh, into being a, a cornhusker. He's going to visit this weekend.
0: Raiola, I like that, and that does now bring back memories of the dad. That's why I've known that name forever. I, I can't remember if it's the sure, yeah. or somebody or yeah, he's been yeah, exactly. You that, I
1: think He was a center, right? Center. Okay. At, at yeah.
0: Yeah. Just kind of have this in my mind, kind of a nasty, tough guy, which describes most offensive linemen. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that kind of comes. right. Now, what about the college football playoff? Um, are you? It sounds like you kind of thought they did end up with the right way. Boy, Florida State, uh, understandably, very, very upset about this. Do you? Uh, do you like the Longhorns' chances? Where are you on this? Uh, with sark i mean obviously they're gonna have a great shot i mean i and i you know again there's been so much smoke around michigan that's been an enormous story this year isn't that funny we finally had all we could stand of uh of connor stallions i mean it's like it's like that i mean we did we did stuff on that for like weeks and then it's kind of we've kind of gotten a little removed from it but how handicap the texas portion of this how how what do you think their chances are to win this whole thing
1: you know i think and not to be you know too broad i think they're really solid i just use the word solid because matt out of these four teams this is one of the first years where like i wouldn't be surprised if any of these four teams won it like washington's that good up front um, Michigan is is you know a resume that speaks for themselves throughout the entirety of the year. Alabama's Alabama. I mean, so when it comes to Texas, we, the thing that I think would have to be clicking for them the most for them to win the national title would be the secondary. Um, if you had to pick a weakness, that's probably the thing that makes you the most concerned. Now it just so happens you draw a, a quarterback who was up for the Heisman Trophy, you know, a few uh, days ago he's got an NFL wide receiver room at his disposal. So I think that makes me a little bit nervous. No idea what the over-under is right now, Matt, in New Orleans when it comes to that Sugar Bowl. Uh, I lean over. But if that if that secondary can hold it down just a little bit and get a few stops, we've seen Quinn Ewers be big game. Quinn multiple times this year, most notably in Tuscaloosa. Um, they're going to score points. And if they're able to get some leverage, let's say Texas gets up by 10, uh, you don't want to spot Steve Sarkeesian in that offense 10 points because uh, you're probably not catching back up. So I, th- I think when it comes to how Texas could be able to win the whole thing would be secondary is, is like I said, ratchet it down a little bit and the offense overall gets clicking and, and kind of sets the pace for that game against Washington and whoever they end up playing the national title.
0: All right, last I saw, just so you know, 64.5 points.
1: Over, baby. 60, let's, uh, hammer let's, let's hammer that. You want to hammer the, the over? Presence a little bit? That's how I it's feel about lo- that one, Matt. You, you got a lean there?
0: on, on uh, and what's the line on this one I was just trying, I was,
1: uh I, I opened I, at Texas four and a half
0: yeah I would take I would take Washington to uh yeah I would take Washington to cover that uh yeah that's that's and that's not just gonna kind of anti longhorn or anything like that I would uh <laughs> I would definitely uh do that does on three. How much do you have to dig in on the on the gambling aspect? Obviously, it's a huge thing, and you're seeing other networks and uh, other platforms really get after that and make commitments. How much uh, how much do you find yourself, or do they want you to delve into that some, or can you just delve into it as much as you feel like it?
1: Yeah, there's. A, I think it's probably a give and take. There, there is nobody tapping me on the shoulder saying. Hey, we need X amount of gambling videos this week. I, I think honestly, it's really, it's just a, it's kind of a new frontier of sports media. And you're seeing so many different companies try and push into like the digital media space, whether it be FanDuel and, and everything they had with Pat McIntyre for a long time or DraftKings. And so um, mm-hmm. to me, I just think it's fascinating. I think there's a demand for it. And so, especially on the social channel side of things, I try and, into that, not so much on the YouTube side because it just has a little bit less traction. But no, I mean it's it's definitely something I look at and try and be in the know in as, as much as possible for you know each and every uh, game breakdown we do at the very least.
0: All right, uh, I you know we we uh, Drake, you know your old buddy Drake seems to get into yeah. that world a little bit, and he may even uh, throw down a dollar or two occasionally. But uh, but yeah, you can't <laughs> y- y- if you you can't hardly trust. People that give like strong, strong takes on gambling if they're not putting a little bit of something on the line. Uh, but but then you don't want to go overboard, right? And so anyway, it's uh, well, it was fun to catch up with you. And uh, you know, it was a tough Baylor season football wise, but the, the hoops teams, JD, are uh, both top ten, and uh, and uh, they're, they're they're getting ready to play uh, Michigan State and then Duke at Madison Square Garden. So. On those nights you're you're not in the studio talking football, take a peek. Take a peek over at the Bears. They're doing really well in basketball. I love
1: it. Yeah. You know what, Matt? They open up the first game in that new arena against the Cornell Big Red. So I don't know if they're Ooh. gonna christen it with, with a loss or not. The the big red have, you know, kind of been a, a sleeping giant in that ancient eight conference. But uh no, absolutely we'll have to check out the Bears and definitely we'll watch from that one.
0: I bet it's really gorgeous in Cornell this time of year. Just some really nice, toasty <laughs> weather there. And, uh, and that's right. J.D. did uh, graduate from Cornell, but then he really wanted to come do some graduate work at Baylor. And, uh, and, and that's, when, that's when his education really took off, is when he left Absolutely. the Ivies and came to the land of the bear. J.D., great to catch up with you. Let's be in touch.
1: Absolutely, Matt. I appreciate you having me on, man, and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, this college football. I guess they call it silly season right now, but we'll definitely keep in touch, man. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, it'd be great. There he goes, J.D. Piquel. And, uh, man, it really came up through the ranks and uh, did some good things over uh, at Baylor, played, was on the team, got injured, had transferred into play at Baylor, and then he started kind of working his way up in sports media, and on three sports has really made him the face of a lot of their their uh, their coverage, and uh, he's doing a great job on TV. Oh, he kind of had that blonde, uh, had the TV look about him, so he's uh, he's doing great. So always good to catch up with JD Paquel. There was a time, Aaron, I was pushing for JD um, to uh, to do some work for esp in central texas i'll have to tell you about that sometime uh and uh but he did he did great work and he's done well at on three all right it is uh, it is time to we got a lot coming up and we need to share with you uh and I, there's some more